Um, welcome, everybody. Um, tell me that you just finished up on the Simon Kuft as well. Um, you gave me a couple of things that you asked me to speak about. Um, four about four, I'm going to talk about for Holy Soul, two for Community Soul, and one about Potter. Um, but please feel free to interrupt me. I'd rather not just keep on talking and talking. So feel free if you have questions. Okay, and the first question was, <coughs> is there anything different about Cholostam from the time when Igor Moshe wrote his chewers, uh, you know, many years ago, saying that people are allowed to eat it as compared to now? <coughs> so, in the third chuva, the longest chuva, the third chuva, Ramosha asked a question on himself. He said, I, I told you that you're allowed to eat um, what, what we call Cholostam. He doesn't call it that, but Cholostam. He says, um, Says, but people tell him that there's nobody looking at the farms at all. Um, all the oversight is on, at the dairy. There's nothing at the farms at all. And Ramosha says a chiddush over there to say that Chol um, is only also when Sikil Yagisol. So the fact that no one's paying attention at the farms is not important. <coughs> all that counts is whether they check on it at the bottling facility. I mean, where they put it into the, the milk into bottles or make it into cheese or things like that. Um, so that's what he had said at that time. It's a big chiddush. Not everybody is accepting of that Kiddush, even if they accepted the basic parts of Ramosha. Um, so in recent years, um, you may know this already by now, I don't know, Rabbi Gordimer from the OU, um, he takes care of their, a lot of their dairy factories. Um, he said, in fact, in fact, um, the government does go to the farms. It turns at this point, the government does go to the farms. Um, the government even has rules that say <coughs> you can't have other animals on the farm at all. Okay. Plus, they test the milk to make sure that there isn't any adulteration. Um, now, it happens to be something switched, so in that way it's better than what Ramosha said, in that they check even at the farms. On the other hand, um, at the dairy facility, there isn't any official requirement that says, make sure the milk came from a cow. Um, there isn't such a requirement. So here Ramosha said the Inca part is what goes on at the dairy, where they put the milk into the bottle. Actually, that's not what's going on now. Um, if an inspector had reason to think that it that it was not coming from a cow, he for sure would make a to-do about it. But there's no official requirement of him to check that over there. But Lamai said they, the thinking is that the inspectors do go um, look back at what happened um, to the records to see what's, where the milk is coming from. Um, so in chances are they're probably doing what Moshe wanted anyhow. That's the truth. Okay? So um, what <coughs> the, 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 the more traditional thinking of why Chalstam should be mother because they check at the farms is stronger than it was then. Um, the opposite, the, the checking at the dairy facility is probably equal or maybe a little worse. Okay? It's also worth bearing in mind the whole picture is Ramosha's heter is not to say that if the government watches, therefore it's mother. That's not what Ramosha says. Ramosha says, if the government watches, then that, with other things, makes an anan sahadi. Now we know that this is milk, that this milk is coming from a cow, and therefore we, it's mother. It's, the heter is not that the government watches makes it mutter. The government is not a mashkiach. But the government watching helps create the Anan Sahadi, and Lukhara, that exists still like it does like 50 years ago, or however long ago the Chubas were written. Now, in, in this regard, it, it's worth noting, there has been a little bit of a growing of uh, camel milk industry in the United States, um, which probably did not exist at the time when Ramosha wrote Chubas. Um, it's a very specialized product. Um, it's very expensive. It's not. It, it's not even easy to milk camels like it is cows. You know, the whole industry built around milking cows. Um, so realistically, there's not a, ch a chance that someone's going to put that in. It's, it costs who knows how much more, and it's not 
realistic anybody on a commercial level would do, but there is such a thing. That's another change that happened. There's also another thing, which is there are people who buy raw milk from farms. Um, it's not legal to sell raw milk to the public, uh, but you could buy it from a farm. If a person does that, I can't see why that should be mutter, why Moshe's hetem should fit to that case. Uh, a person just going over to a farm, basically going to the farm and say, hi, sell me you know, a, a container of milk. I, I, don't, I don't see how that has any of the, the, the controls, the amount of Sahadi that Moshe was talking about. Um, now, one last thing is, there, there are a little bit, um, some changes in the law that people thought might have affected what Moshe said. It doesn't seem that that's correct. It seems that the, the law still remains in place of requiring that the milk come from cows. Now, from a completely different angle, is <coughs> that well, this is a little on the side of what Moshe said. That is, there are people who are, say, well, if it's Chalfsan, then it's Mutter, accepting what Moshe said. But there's been, just the way markets forces work, there's, there are dairy products that come from other countries. Um, the, the status, whether a Moshe's Hetter should apply in other countries, is very country-specific. Um, just yesterday, someone wanted to know about buying milk in, in Italy. It, does a Moshe's Hetter apply in Italy? So all, in each country, someone has to rethink the student says, does a Moshe's say apply in this country, in this country, in this country? Um, and, and that question of taking Khalistan from other countries came up most dramatically of dairy products that come from India and China. Um, those are both countries where they operate very, very differently than, than business runs here in the United States. Um, and most of the Hashka, there, was, there was a meeting of different Hashkahas to talk about it, and most of them are not happy taking, applying Ramosha's headset to those places. And most of them would not certify products or take products from there. But there are reputable Hashkahas that do that. Uh, which just to say is that if you go and buy Khalistan cookies, and I'm not talking about a bottle of milk, you buy cookies that have in the dairy ingredients in it, um, it may include things like that whose Khalistan status is not as clear. Okay, not because there's a problem if it would have been made in Wisconsin, that's fine. Uh, but it's made in, in other countries where not everyone might agree that that thing really qualifies for what Moshe said. And again, the Hashgach will take different positions on it, uh, in particular on the stuff that comes from uh, India and China, uh, which is like most dramatic, but other countries as well. There are questions at each country to make sure that if it qualifies for what Moshe said. Okay, I'm going to go on to another question. If you have any questions on this, let me know. But if not, I'm going to continue on. Go ahead. Uh, the, in general, do the, uh, let's say, cookies that you're describing, would the milk be from liquid milk, or would it be from uh, the, the milk salad, the, what is it called, the, the dry milk, which, which, uh, which would perhaps, uh, you know, be more cow under Vina, you know, that's not the thing. It, it depends on the product. I, I can't give an answer to the question. Uh, uh-huh. it, it, depend, it depends on what it is. You know, what, do they use actual milk or do they use powdered milk? Uh, but you could, you could call, if you, if you, that makes a difference, you could call the Hashkocha and say, many of the Hashkocha, the CRC would, and other Hashkochas will be uh, uh, transparent with people. So if you call them and say, hi, I want to buy these cookies, can you tell me if the milk in the powdered milk or liquid milk, they would probably answer the question for you, you know, be able to tell you if that made a difference to you, you know. I hear someone talking. It's hard for me to hear. Every product you buy that's all stop. You need a water. You need to call the Hashkocha to ask if it's if it's uh, if it's coming from China or Italy. No, it, 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 uh, it's something I'm throwing out there to say is I, I didn't say you shouldn't drink milk from Italy. I just said a Shiloh came up about an individual wanted to buy. I think you need to think it through and realize that 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 it's not the same um, the same 
position for every, that everyone's going to take on everything. If you buy a bottle of actual milk, they didn't bring that from Italy. No one's bringing bottles of milk from, from a different country. But what happens if you buy like our cookies or something else, a pastries, who knows where the dairy product comes from? It, it's a market issue, you know? So what should you do? That's, that's a fair question. Uh, how you should deal with it. I, I'm just throwing out to you that just the way globalization is and the way business runs, things have changed from remote time in that way. It's a little bit of a change in this, that sense, you know? With you, the, the remote center, with regards to, let's say, other, like I say, cottage cheese or yogurt or other things that, you know, mixed in, I would imagine uh, there's no way you could ever buy that on When it comes to remote, could I go and buy a bottle of milk that is absolutely not a from a regular grocery store? Okay, so, so now, now you have, this is a separate question, which is, Accepting that we eat al-Ikhlaustam, what about buying a, a bottle of milk? Okay, that's, so now, this is not a whole of question. Now this is a question of, are there any other issues that there might go on in the factory that might go on there? Um, we, we tell people that it's better to buy it with Hashkacha, but if not, you can buy plain milk without. If you can't find regular milk, you can buy, if you can't find it with Hashkacha, you can buy without. The, the, the concern, the things that might go wrong are not so significant. So it's better to buy it with Hashkacha, but otherwise you could just buy plain, just plain bottle of milk you could buy. When I buy cookies that have a, for example, CRC in, and I'm going to know that there's no products that are coming from India of milk. That's what the CRC is. Not Correct. That's something I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, but, but, you know, not every cookie you buy is going to be CRC. There's a lot of reputable hashkachas, you know? Okay. Okay. Let's go on to our next thing. Um, so, on the, well, the next thing was about um, DA cows. Okay? DA cows is, DA stands for displaced abomasum. Um, it's a certain condition that has, that mason is the cava, it's the fourth stomach that the cows have, and it's on the right side, it's supposed to be on the right side, but if it gets displaced, it gets, it falls out of place, and it either falls to the bottom or to the left side, then that causes all kinds of problems for the cows, and, um, <coughs> the, and the, that in itself would not be a passionate issue if a cow had, had a displaced abomasum, that in itself would not be an issue. The problem is, it's not very good for the cow, and therefore they do a surgery to correct that issue. Uh, and the surgery seemingly makes the animal into a trefa. Uh, I meant to bring with me, I don't have it, I'm sorry. Um, there's someone named Romanus Blumenfrucht, you may have heard his name. Um, he's a person who recently, maybe a year ago, printed a safer, it's called Chol of Trefa. Um, it's a really wonderful work, it really is. Um, and it's approximately, I might be wrong, 20 trucks long. In the first 18, the first, every, Everything to the last two program is to explain the different shadows about whether the surgery makes the animal to a trefa. <coughs> and if, if, if the color level is trefas, it's worthwhile to have it, just for the hilfless trefas of it. Um, and most people assume that the surgeries that the surgeries that are done do make the animal to a trefa. <coughs> now, but in the last two program is, okay, let's say the animal is a trefa because of the surgery, now what do we do because of that? Um, so, <coughs> he, he, first I'll tell you what he found, and then I'll tell you what people do. Uh, he found that um, a lot of effort has gone into veterinarians to prevent the cows from becoming, having this issue. Okay, and if they work on feed and other things to prevent the problem, plus, when they find an animal that has a DA, they tend to get rid of it. Okay, they sell it to salami, they, they shecht it, they, they don't tend to keep them around also. So he found that it's very, uh, not a tremendous amount of these cows actually producing milk that have these, this issue with them. Um, <coughs> the amount, it could be bottled machine or could not be bottled in, in a farm, um, but it was a very reasonably small amount of cows that have it that are actually producing milk. Now, <coughs> so now, as far as this issue, there's a big difference between Chol and non-Chol Um 
I'll do the man Yisrael first. The man Yisrael um, looks at it and says, essentially says is, let, let's, let's pick a number. Let's say 3% of the, of the cows out there have this problem. Well, that's a random number. Maybe it's 3% or 5% or 2%. Let's say 3%. Well, there's a lot of cows that have a, a, a much more obvious and serious trapez, which is they have circus in their lungs. Okay, that's what we check for when we check the animal. We check to see if it has a circus in its lungs. Okay, that's 10 to 15% of the cows have that. Well, we drink milk from all cows. Why do we drink milk from cows that have circus? If the animal's a trapez because it, it has a circus, the milk is not kosher either. And the answer is because we follow the rave. Rave camp cows do not have, are not trafers, and therefore you're allowed to drink the milk, unless it's actually the root of the cow. There's a way to check, to, to easily know that the animal is not a trafer, you have to do that. But if you can't tell, like, if you can tell when you shut the animal, you can check if it is. But if, you, if you're just getting milk from it, you have no way to know, so the dinner is you're allowed to eat it. You assume you got it from a cow that didn't have that problem. So the same thing works for the cows that have a displaced animism. Let's say 3% of the cows have that, I have no way of knowing whether my milk came from this cow or from that cow. There's no reasonable way to figure that out. And therefore, uh, I'm allowed to eat it. Just like I eat animals, I know that 10-15% of the cows are trafers for other reasons. So just like I'm allowed to eat those animals, I'm allowed to eat these also. Um, <coughs> and since it's not absolutely rubicol, I don't have to worry about it. I'm allowed to eat it. And that's in fact what happens with the Cholostam products. Um, there's no, nothing, no, these cows are not removed from herds, and they give milk like every other cow does. For Cholostam, it's very different. Because Chol Yisrael, by its nature, means that there's a Shermesha, this person, comes to the farm to watch the milking. Well, he can pick out the cows that have the surgery. In two ways you can pick them out. First of all is, modern farms all have computerized records of every cow. They can tell you everything about this cow from the day he was born, maybe even before. And so, so the, it's easy to pull out the cows. The cows have tags in their ears, so you know which cow it is. So cow 1, 2, 3, 4 is the one who had the surgery. Let's get them out. The second way to tell is because most of the procedures that are done for them leave a scar on the side of the animal. And if you've seen it beforehand, you can walk past the cows and notice the one that has the scar on it. You know who had the surgery to it. Okay? Um, so in Chol Yisrael, and there's a, there's a mashkiach there. There's somebody standing there who's making sure it's Chol Yisrael. So there, all of a sudden, the, it is actually a it's, actually, it's possible to get them out. So the standard for Chol Yisrael is that they do remove all the cows that have this kind of surgery. And the milk that from in the Chol Yisrael farm will not have, will not have um, any DA cows in it. It's part of the Rajkiyach stuff. So this is not a Chol Yisrael issue. But it happens to be that Chol Yisrael has that advantage. They have a, a person standing there, he could get those cows out. And that's in fact what every Chol Yisrael that I know does, in fact does that. So that that is true. It's not because of the DA cows. That 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 has to do with the bigger question that I said to you. I said 10, 15 percent of the cows are um, are trafers because they have circus in their lungs. So he says he says, well, if 10 percent of the cows have trafers in their lungs, that's okay. If you go to a cow farm, you're allowed to assume you got a kosher animal. You are allowed to. But in a modern farm, what they do is they mix all that milk together. So there's now in every thousand liters or a thousand gallons of, of, of milk, we have ten, a uh, hundred gallons of trays and ninety, nine hundred gallons of kosher. Okay, so the din is min bimina lach balach is bottom shishim. It needs to have sixty times as much. It's not shishim. So how come you you're not allowed to eat it? It's a mixture of shishim. Okay? So that that's the reason why he doesn't drink milk. The reason to answer that is a little complicated. Why most people most people do not agree with that thinking. Um, that's a little more complicated.
when, when you guys learn Taruvis, we'll come back and we'll do that again. Okay? When, we do, for, when you get into Taruvis, it's a Hilchah Taruvis question, not a Cholom Zor question. Yes? Is there an advantage? Well, if a person, so, so the thing is like this. When we say Efshel of Ruri Bikal, you're Mechut to not follow Roy. So if I have two milks in front of me and one is Chol Vishol and one is not Chol Vishol, so basically I have a way to be Mavar. That's essentially what I could do. I could be Mavar and take that one. Um, if everything being equal, then I would I would do that. Yes. Um, but it's not necessarily that equal. You know, if that's assuming everything being equal, then I should take the, the, the one that's Chol Vishol because I know that they pulled out those kind of cows. Yeah? Okay. Now, another question, so another one of the things that was asked was, is there any reason to be more makeable about uh, infant formula to make it not Chol Yisrael than other kinds of Chol of Stam, other kinds of... Uh, other, if people in my house, we won't necessarily eat Chol Stam, but what about giving infant formula? Um, so, actually, one issue that someone had mentioned before him is that there are those who are makeable about powdered milk, who say things that are in powdered form are not included in the Yisr, so that's, that's definitely something to think about. Uh, most do not agree with that, but is that definitely a point. There are those who hold like that. That's definitely something to think about. Um, but on, on a m- more simple level, there's, a, there's a seemingly a better reason, and that is there's a big difference of opinion. Um, if you learn how how maybe it's in Alcha Beis, um, it says there that we treat Chol Akum is treated like regular Isser. Okay, you have to kasher. Maybe it's in Alcha Beis. You have to kasher just like any other Isser. Okay, but there's a question is. Well, people who, who eat Chol Vishol, who eat in America, eat Chol Vishol, why do they eat Chol Vishol? Is that because they say they treat the Chol, the Chol Stam as Chol Akum? They say, no, this is trade. So the Shulchan Aruch says it's trade. You have to kasher your kale afterwards. It's 100% trade. Like the Gemara says, if there's no Yid watching it, then it's trade. Or is it saying is that, you know, the Ikra din is that it's mutter, the Chazanish says it's mutter because he holds it. It's pretty Or... <coughs> or Ramosha says even a coin in Khasam Sarfra it's gonna be mutter. And I'm just being machmer. Ramosha says it's good to be machmer on this thing. Okay, so that difference of opinion um, essentially splits between the Litvashit community and the Khsidish community. Okay, Litvashit community, Rafenkin already had said this, tends to see it as a chumrah. We want it, we eat the, what we call the traditional type of holy soul, we're being machmer to do that, but Minat didn't we hold it's really mutter. Um, and think about that, think about all the the, the hashkachas that you know, the, the big reputable Hashkacha, I mean, think about the CRC. At the CRC, I think every single one of the rabbis at the CRC eats only Chol Vishol. Okay? I think every single one of them in their house only eats Chol Vishol. But we give Hashkacha lots of Chol Stam products. But how can we do that? How can I give a Hashkacha to them that's not kosher? The answer is, because really it is kosher. Uh, we want to be machmir personally, I'm doing that, so we treat it as a Chumrah. But as far as we give Hashkacha, why wouldn't you give Hashkacha? It's perfectly kosher for those people. Um, that tends to be the literature approach to this. And so those kind of people would say is, so if my baby needs it, and that's the formula that I have to give my baby, so I'm going to give it to him. I mean, so it's just a home anyhow, so I give it to the baby. But the Chesidisha community tends to take the opinion that says is, no, it's 100% trave. It's, it's completely not kosher. If it's not kosher, why would you give your babies and it's not kosher? So, I mean, if, if it's a sakana, there's nothing else to feed him. Okay, so we'll give him something trave. I mean, what are you going to do? If, yeah, that's the only thing to feed the baby. You know, our baby needs a tramogen. I don't know, he needs a special formula that's all they can eat. Okay, so of course we'll give it to him. But short of that, then they won't give it to him. Okay, so that comes from a def- difference of opinion whether you think this is treif or you think it's just a chumrah to avoid that kind of a product. Okay, that, that's how I see it. Okay, and the the last thing about chal Yisrael was that someone wanted to know the question that was sent to me was is there a mashkiach tmidi when you make chal Yisrael? Okay, so the din is it's right in the Gemara um, that 
Um, you do not have to have a mashkiach tamidi. Yotzev v'nichnas works perfectly fine for making milk chalav Yisrael. That's enough. That's considered Yisrael ro'edu, even though the yid doesn't march literally every second. Yotzev um, v'nichnas uh, is considered Yisrael ro'edu. But the Prichalder says, he says, you know, that only, you can only do that if there's only one guy on the farm. He says, but if, there are, if there's more than one guy on the farm, then one guy will be, could be the lookout while the other guy is, you know, uh, adulterating your milk. So one guy will stand at the, at the, at the at, I don't know, in the driveway, and he sees that the, the yid's not coming, he'll tell his other guy, no problem, you can put in the horse's milk now when there's nobody watching. So the Prichalder says, if there's two guys in the farm, you cannot have Yitzhak v'nechnas, because um, <coughs> the, the one will tell the other one. Okay? So, so the, the, however, Lemaise is that if there's no trait readily accessible, there's no animals there that are readily accessible, I told you even before, the government doesn't even let you have other animals on the farm. Okay, and in practice, real, there's no realistic way for them to add other milkim. So then, this Prichadosh, most assume that the Prichadosh does not apply. There could be even more than one guy on the farm <coughs> if, uh, if there's no realistic way for him to get milk, uh, you know, trade milk to put into there. However, that's only true, that's only true um, if there's one farm. Okay, but, if you have, there are situations where the, Chalvi, the same Chalvi store production is going on on five farms, and they're half an hour apart from each other. Well, guess what? They're half an hour apart from each other, and, you know, we have telephones these days. So, if I'm on, on farm A, and I'm standing there, the guy from here says to the guy on farm B, guys, you're safe at least a half an hour, because the guy's over here, it takes a half an hour even to show up at your place. So then what the Prichadr says would apply. Okay, or, if the, the rabbi checks into a hotel that's 45 minutes away from, from, from the farm, then all of a sudden, now, this idea of having two goyim, which didn't occur, how can I be for the Prichadosh, you're far away, it doesn't work, but nowadays, of course it does. So the person at the hotel, or at one farm, will tell the other one, hey, the rabbi's out, you're safe for an hour, 45 minutes, you're safe. In that case, that should not count as Yitzhak Nifnas, because of the concern that one will tip off the other one, that the, the rabbi can't come. In that case, you should have more than one mashkiach. You should have more than one mashkiach, this way there's no way to know, because one guy's here, among the other guy's floating around, uh, makes it tax of Yitzhak Nifnas. Okay, that's the end of my Chovish all things. If you have questions, or we'll move on. Okay, I, I hear a voice. Got to speak up. No, it, it, not good enough. So whoever that is, got to come a little closer to the mic. <laughs> um, you multiple I, I, no, I, I didn't say that. I said if the farms are far apart from each other, if they're far apart from each other, where uh, it's possible if you give the guy so much space that, you know, from the time I get from here to the year, he could do something wrong, then you would need to have extra, another mashkiach. Uh, but if the farms are closer to each other, um, then, then that's okay. Okay, so, so you want to say, I'm a machmer cholstam, but I allow chol, I, I would eat some that's made of dear equipment. So, the first thing is, what I mentioned before, Rav Henkin, that's the Shire Rav Henkin was talking about. Rav Henkin says, people uh, who eat only Chol don't have to worry about the Kalim from the other people. Because part of it is saying that's only a Chumrah, it says not to worry about the Kalim. Uh, but there's another thing, and that is, there's a big difference between my eating in someone's house. If I only eat Chol and I come to your house, and you cook up a pot of spaghetti, that's one kind of question, as compared to dairy equipment in a factory, 
where it's a very different question. Because there, realistically, in almost every case, the amount of time that's in the kingdom is going to be bottled. And, and realistically, this now it's not a whole all question. Now it's a matter of, let's say the whole trade as anything. How, how realistic is it that that's going to make a difference to the food that I'm eating? Okay? It's most likely that it will not make a difference. So in addition to saying, well, maybe it's only it's Hall of Stam and not such a big deal, it's a, it's, I, I only think it's a Humbra, it's extra is, factors on dairy equipment, chances are that there's no ble- realistic amount of bleed in my food in here. Um, based on what, what Rob just said about Hall Yisrael, about different farms, you're running around, how would that apply? And I know it's a different, it's a different shadow, but how do I know, let's say, if, I'm, if a, 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 a Rabba Master goes to a plant, how does he not know that it, if, if, if the guy knows that he's probably not coming back for the next month? So how do we know that in between every single trip that a rabbi names to a plant, which I can go share, there's not going to be something going on? They know. I for sure have at least 15 days until he comes back. Okay, so, so the, the answer is, first is, is that the best is that the Mashiach is not on such a schedule, and then the fact that they think he might come back tomorrow. But you're right. With time, they get to learn that the rabbit doesn't come so often. That's true. Um, but, right, but, but, but the truth is that Hashkocha in factory settings, part of choosing how often to come is how easy and realistic is it for someone to change things. Factories are not like home kitchens. Um, they don't just switch on a second and say, oh, instead of this, we'll switch out for that other thing. Right? It's not, things don't switch so easily from one day to the next. So a person coming once in a while, that, that's part of judgment of how often should we come, but you come based on how realistic is it that someone's going to really make a big change over here. You know? um, I know there's a, the, a facility where um, they have an ingredient that's sensitive, and it comes in small containers. Okay? And was, they, have, they, they get it in, I don't want to say retail container, but something like retail-sized containers. Really, there was a much more serious concern that they might switch it, because it's not, they're not getting truckloads worth of stuff, they're getting small bottles of it. You know? um, so there they said to them, if you want hashkafa, you're going to have to have so much stock of kosher stuff that we know you'll never have an incentive to run out of it. Whenever we come, we want to see lots of it here, so, and we make sure you keep using it, that this way we don't think you're going to run out to buy another one, you know? Um, so, okay, let's move on to Gvinus Akram. Okay. Just one uh, small question. Go ahead. Moshe says that there's a time going to be out here, do you want to know why he's saying that a person should, yeah. it's better to be machmer? I, I assume that it's because it's not traditional. If you open up the Shulchan Aruch and you open up the Gemara, it says you should eat milk when the Yid watches it. That's what the Gemara says. That's a simple understanding. So he's, under, he's realizing, you know, what I'm saying is a chiddush, this is not, what it, if you, when you open the Shulchan Aruch, it didn't say anything about that. So he says, you know, so you want to do it the traditional way, there's definitely advantage to doing it like that. But the din, Jeremiah says, that, that's the din, and that's how he works just as good. It's, it's like you saw it, it's good enough, you know. What does that mean? What's the, what's the, if it's not, it's not, it's not, it's a fair question. I, to that I'll just say to you is that the, wor- the world is not so perfectly black and white. Okay, things are not always exactly yes and no. This is not a computer code with a zero or a one, you know? Something that's in between over here, and, and that's what Rosh is telling us a judgment is that, you know, yes, I think that in it's more done. You can eat it, it's perfectly fine to eat it, but if you want to do it the, the simple, traditional way, that's what you should do also, you know? Okay, let's move, let's move on to Kavina Okay, here are two things that I was asked to mention. And the first is, 
does it, if a, a yid owns the rennet, is that good enough to make the cheese be Kvinus Yisrael? So, there's a well-known machlokis uh, between the Ramah and the Shach of what it takes to make Kvinus Yisrael. What it, Chol Yisrael, it says in the Mishnah, a yid has to wash the milking. That we know. We know what you have to do. What do you do to make Kvinus Yisrael? So the Ramah says, Kvinus Yisrael is exactly like Chol Yisrael. They're in the same Mishnah. It's a, just like Chol Yisrael you have to watch, Kvinus Yisrael you have to watch also. That's what makes Kvinus Yisrael. The yid watches meaning he watches to make sure, he doesn't just watch, he watches to make sure that they don't get in Kavis Nevela, um, trade for Ennis, and therefore, that's what makes it Kavis Yisrael. And the Shach says the opposite, he says, the Mishnah didn't say the same wording that it said for Chol Yisrael, it said differently, it says, Kavis Yisrael, it doesn't say, quote Chol Yisrael, it says, Chol of Shechol Akam with Yisrael Re'ehu. And so the Shach says, to be Kavis Yisrael means it has to belong to the a Jew's cheese, Kavis Yisrael, the Jew's cheese. So if a yid owns it, that's what makes it Gvinus Yisrael. And as like an aside, you can also, the yid can participate in making it, that also works. Okay, but the real, so to speak, Gvinus Yisrael is if a yid owns it, that works it. Okay, so the say that he doesn't have to actually own the cheese, he can own the milk, he can own the rennet, there's all kinds of different things he can could, he could own, and that's considered the, the yid's Gvinus, that, that's enough to qualify as the yid's Gvinus. Uh, now, <clears throat> the Shach clearly doesn't hold like the Ramah. He's, that's his whole point, is that I don't agree with the Ramah. I, watching it is not good enough. The Ramah would not hold like the Shach. It's not clear so much, but Lechoyer does not agree with the Shach if he just owned it, because Ramah, where would such a thing come from? The Ramah never, does it, has no right in such a thing. The Ramah, he says it's just like Chloe, so you have to watch it. Owning milk doesn't make it kosher, and owning cheese doesn't make it kosher either. Okay? So, <clears throat> according to the Shach, according to the Shach, um, if a yid would own the rennet, that would make the cheese Chol Yisrael. I'm sorry, Gvinus Yisrael. But, first of all, is most of the later points can accept what the Ramah says, that the Ikkar Adin is, that watching is what counts. Owning is not good enough. And second is, that most people consider it uh, 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 an obvious, clear harama to say is, a yid will own the rennet, and he gives his rennet for free to a company who makes cheese and never gives him anything back for it. And it's just a game to say to the person, you own the rennet. Okay, it's your rennet, Rabbi. This rennet belongs to you. Uh, we give you for free our rennet. You give it back to us for free. You let us use it for free, and you never take anything out of it. So they, it's such a harama that most people will not go along with it. Most people would not consider that to be good enough. So in theory, if you own the rennet, that would be good enough, according to the Shah. But first of all, doing that commercially is not uh, considered appropriate or, or, or acceptable. And most of the place can hold like the Ramah. Anyhow, the it has to watch it. Okay, and that leads us right to the second question. And the second question was, why is it that we don't see much Chol of Stam kosher cheese? Okay, and what the question really is, is that there's, there's plenty of Chol of Stam kosher cheese, but all of that kosher cheese that's Chol of Stam is all made for Jewish people. It all has brand names that are like Oneg. We give Hashkacha to a brand name Oneg. Okay, it's made for Jewish people. I mean, they don't care who buys it, but it's obviously directed at Jewish people. Um, you don't see your everyday store brand of cheese being Venus Yisrael. Okay, and in other words, as opposed to, if you walk into the, to the beverage aisle, or the cookie aisle, or pickles, all the national brands are all kosher. So why is it that there isn't more Hall of Stam in the national brands that should be Venus Yisrael? Okay? And the answer to that is, the answer to that is, is that because the requirement to make Venus <coughs> Yisrael is to have a Yid there all the time, you have to have a Yid watching it, uh, a Yid has to watch what's going on, and a year, according to the Shah, has to participate in, in making the cheese also. So there's a very considerable expense to make kosher cheese. Okay, it's not, it's not harder to make it. The ingredients don't cost more, basically. 
but there's this huge cost to have a mashkiach standing there all the time. Okay, and, and it's a constant. You keep making new batches all the time. Um, so if I, for Jewish people to have cheese, so it costs a little bit more for the cheese than everybody else because we have to pay for this mashkiach. So you're willing to pay for that. You want American cheese, you want, I don't know, mozzarella cheese, you'll pay an extra 10 cents a pound. But a national brand is not willing to add that cost to make it be worth, cost more for everybody in order to have some of it be kosher. And that's why, as a rule, it is. Now, before we go on, what you will find is soft cheeses, there's loads of soft cheese in national brands, like cottage cheese and uh, uh, yogurts that have uh, hashkafas on them. And that's because most people assume that soft cheeses do not need to be Kavina Sisrael. There are hashkafas that don't. But most of the hashkafas assume that soft cheeses do not need Kavina Sisrael. So those are kosher just like anything else. There's lots of cottage cheeses out there. I don't know. Sour cream, cottage cheese, yogurt. That those that are, that are kosher um, in national brand because it doesn't cost particularly more to have a hashkafa for that. But we're talking about hard cheeses. Now, what's happened in recent years is that there were some very large cheese companies that they calculated that even having a mashkiach there all the time, that means 24 hours a day, it would be worth it for them, and the price of cheese wouldn't go up so much, it was worth it for them to make their cheese kosher, even though that meant they'd have to have two or three full-time mashkichim, because, I mean, a guy can't work 24 hours a day, so they have to have a rotation of people there all the time, even so, it was worthwhile financially to have it, and it would not affect the cost enough, and they said, so they came to Hashkachas and says, we want to make our cheese chokvinus Israel. It would be called stop, but it would be Guinness as well. We want to make it on, on a national level. Okay, not, not just, not just, uh, not just ones that are directive at Jewish people. So, um, they, but they ran into a problem. And the problem was that these plants operate seven days a week, and you're not allowed to make cheese on Shabbos. A year is not allowed to make cheese on Shabbos. So the year, how is the year going to throw in the rennet on Shabbos? How are they going to push the button or tip over the bucket to put in the rent? You're not going to make cheese on Shabbos. So um, that was going to be a deal breaker because you, you can't be kosher for six days. It wasn't going to work. So um, the hashkochas that were involved reconsidered their positions about that. And as they said, as I mentioned to you before, most of the place can hold like the Ramah that it's enough for you to watch cheese making. He doesn't have to participate or own it. And therefore they changed their rules and said it's okay if he just watches the making of the cheese, even if he doesn't participate. So the mashkiach stands there seven days a week, 24 hours a day, there's someone standing there while they're making, while they're making cheese, um, but he does not throw in the remnant, for, at least not on Shabbos. I don't know if they do it even during the week, but for sure not on Shabbos. Could someone mute my father, please? Okay, thank you. Um, so... Um, so they, they switched to saying that what they thought was the Ikra Din was like the Ramah. So, in fact, nowadays, there is um, more uh, cheese that's Cholostam, that's Gvinnis Yisrael, on a national level, like national brands. There is more of it. It's true there is more nowadays. But it's not the same standard that there used to be. Okay, so the original question was, <clears throat> why isn't there more? So the, real, the original reason was because it's very expensive. It ended up raising the prices for everybody. Now there actually is some of it more available, but that is not made to the same standard that used to be done for a million years before. Okay, any questions? Talk up, talk up a little louder. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. He could, in theory he could. Whether he actually does that, I'm not sure. I'm not, and, and they depend on the Ashkafa. I'm not, that's a good question. 
have a lot of interesting questions. Um, there's a Hashkafa that's complicated, which you know does not enjoy the reciprocity by the rest of the Hashkafa world. They have a lot of Hatshir on Jesus. Do they hang their head at anything? Do they have a star at all? The, they, they, well, the, their official position is that they hold like the Chachmin or Varna, that you don't have to have Venus Yisrael. Okay, it's not Venus Yisrael at all. Uh, but it's really, there's really, it's more torso than that. So it's, it's not, it, it's not even in the run, even if it wasn't for cheese. It's not just a, a debate about whether Chachmin or Varna, should we agree to them that there's no din of Venus Yisrael in America, you know. Um, just Hashkacha-wise, it's, whatever, it, it's not anywhere near the standard that anybody would accept. So. I just want to just the cheese. Excuse me? I just want to about the cheese. Right. Okay. Okay, and our last topic. Our last topic is butter. Okay, and the, the question is, is there any reason to specifically insist on whole of your soul butter? So, um, some people, the, the Shachnar brings two brings different days about it, you know, um, and the Ekkadina is like to make kilim. So some people say, well, it's true that, that the dinner that you could be makeup, but nowadays you shouldn't do it because um, the Shachar says you could be makeup because there's no, it's not milk and it's not cheese, so it's not in either of those takanas, uh, and there's no concern of tzuchsuch and chalv in it either because uh, they're going to be bottled, so you're good, so you can, you can have it. Okay, so some people said, you know, maybe we should be machmer because nowadays butter includes other ingredients. It doesn't just have uh, cream in it, it has to start a distillate. Um, and they have some other things into it also, uh, and those things are kosher sensitive. They might even be chalakim for that matter, but they're kosher sensitive, and therefore you shouldn't have them. And they would not be bought to bishishim. Started this like particularly would not be bought to bishishim. Um, so that's what some people want to say. But Lamaisa Moisha uh, Rebbe about it. He says, listen, um, <coughs> the, the the butter itself does not have any concerns. It's not milk and it's not cheese, so it doesn't have either of those takanas. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's completely mutter. Now, you have a question is, well, m- maybe they made the, they added to the butter something else. Okay. If your question is whether they added something else to the butter, so you need hashkacha for that. Okay. Get a, a, a mashkia to make sure. Just like if you want to eat pickles or cucumbers or, or uh, potato chips, anything you want to eat, you want to make sure there aren't treif ingredients in it. Okay. So you have a hashkacha to make sure there's no treif ingredients in it. That's not a chol visrol requirement. That's not a a Guinness is requirement to have that. That's just a general kosher requ- uh, thing. Make sure they didn't put star of distillate. Well, the star of distillate they put in is kosher. Okay, go for it. So make sure that they did that. So get a hashkacha to watch on that. But that has nothing to do with Cholov Yisrael. And therefore he was said is that if a person is having, um, if the butter is just plain butter, um, it doesn't have milk added to it, um, that would have questions of Cholov Yisrael. Just just, it's just butter, just plain you know, uh, cream and salt. Then... Um, there's no concern of Chol Yisrael. We might tell you to get Hashkacha to make sure there aren't other ingredients, but that's not a Chol Yisrael issue per se. Um, now, related to that is that, you know, butter is made from cream. Um, it's, it's made from what we call sweet cream. Sweet cream means that when you, um, when milk comes out of the cow, before you homogenize it, it's got cream in it that rises up to the top of the bucket. You know, if you, if you put it into a pail, into a container, the cream goes to the top, uh, before, if you don't homogenize it, that's what happens. And that cream is called sweet cream. That cream that comes off the butter is called, off the milk is called sweet cream. And that's what you, you typically make butter out of. Uh, there's another thing called whey cream. That is, after you make cheese, the leftover, the, the, part, the part of the milk that doesn't become cheese is, we call it whey. It has some cream in it, 
has some fat in it, should I say, and that fat is called whey cream. Okay, you could make butter out of that whey cream also. Excuse me, out of that fat, you can make edible. So that is kosher sensitive. Not a salt issue. It's a it's a it's a it's a general kosher sensitivity. Um, so a person needs to be careful about that. It would it's a reason to have hashkacha to make sure they didn't use whey cream and they use only sweet cream. Uh, now, the reason why why would somebody use whey cream instead of sweet cream? There's two reasons. One is it's cheaper. Okay, that's a simple reason to use it. Okay, but the second reason is it actually tastes better. Okay, and because this is really unusual, unexpected fact about making butter, and that is um, the finest butter is called double A, and then comes grade A, and then grade B, and I don't know, maybe there's grades better below that. And the grading has to do with the taste that the butter has. The fresher the taste is, the better it gets graded. Well, lo and behold, the fresher the taste is, is the less that people want to eat it. Okay? The fresher taste is not the most desirable taste. As it becomes more, starts to spoil, that actually has a taste that people prefer. So, the grade B butter tastes better. Most people consider it to taste better than the grade A or double A butter. So, whey cream, which is not as good butter, actually tastes better when you make butter out of it. It has more of a cheesy taste to it, and taste, people consider it to be taste better. Um, and so what some people, so that's one reason they would use it, but it happens to be also, there's another thing, people will do things to add things to the regular butter to give it that taste like the more rancid butter, go figure. Um, so those are cautious concerns in general. But as far as the butter per se, as far as the chol vishol shaboy, um, as long as it's just cream and salt, which it typically is, then um, it, it doesn't pose a chol vishol problem, it just a general cautious issue. Okay, out of the things I was supposed to ask you about, if you guys have any questions on these things or in general, you can ask me. Go ahead. Okay, speak up. Speak up wherever you are. I can't hear you. On, on whey cream? On whey cream. Okay, so whey, whey cream is made, is the, is the leftovers from making cheese. Um, there are three different issues that can think that could be wrong with whey cream. Um, w- um, one is if you're if you made the cheese with animal rennet, not with kosher rennet, but if it was made with animal rennet. So the Hassam Surfer says that the not only is the rennet a mimet on the on the cheese on the on the curd, it's also considered a mimet on the on the rennet on the whey as well. So the whey has the whey would be considered trafe because it had a trafe mimet to it. Okay, if it, had, if it had made with animal rennet, that's one thing. Um, the second thing is that um, cheeses that are made at above Yatsala at this point. Hold on, let me back up. When you make cheese, you put in, you take milk and you add rennet to it, and you have it at a very specific temperature. The, the temperature has part to do with what kind of cheese you're going to end up with. Most cheeses that we have are made at below Yatsala at this point, but a number of the cheeses are made above Yatsala at this point. Uh, that the, the setting of the cheese is at over at this point, and if that happens, then it's a question that there may be bleas from the curd, the cheese, which is greenest akam, into the whey, which is not greenest akam. So that would be another way that the, that the, the whey would become not kosher. Um, that's not clear that that's true, but that's an, we work with that assumption that it could make it not kosher. And the last is that there are cheeses, particularly mozzarella cheese, that after they're made into a cheese, after the cheese is a block of cheese, then they, they cook it as a way of making it more stretchable. Okay, like, you know you know how mozzarella cheese uh, is uh, is very pliable, 
and when they cook it, um, they cook it in water. The water that they cook it in ends up having a lot of fat and protein in it. Because think about it, you cook cheese in it, it's going to be, it's going to get full of stuff. That water gets mixed back into the whey um, as part of the process in the plant. So if, it, if the, the mozzarella cheese, of course, is not kosher, unless it's made special, so the whey might have uh, cooked water mixed back into it, which would make it not kosher. Okay, so those are three ways that the three methods that the whey could be not kosher. Any other questions? Okay. If, if you come up with something tomorrow, you can call me back. Feel free. Um, good to speak to you guys. Yo, you have a question still. Go ahead. If, if someone's saying something, I don't hear it. No, you, I, I'm hearing nothing. 